get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, saver retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Welcome back to Carriker and Smallman here on 101 ESPN. Dan McLaughlin and for Randy Carriker today, I'm Michelle Smallman. And let's head back to the Brown and Crouppen celebrity line and welcome in Scott Burnside, a national NHL writer for The Athletic. Good morning, Scott. How are you doing today? Doing very well. Uh, hard to believe that we are post-Labor Day and <laughs> right in the midst of the conference final and a draft now about four weeks away and free agency. It's uh well, as we know, for a long time, the world's been on its ear, but certainly in the hockey world, uh, it, it definitely is that. You're right, Scott, and I, I kind of want to project for a little bit at the beginning here. I know that you had Bill Daly, the NHL's deputy commissioner, on your two-man advantage podcast, and there's a lot of factors still at play here, but what can you tell us about what he revealed about what the league is thinking as far as logistics are concerned for next season? Yeah, I, it, it was interesting to to hear Bill Daly, you know, try and unpack some of the things that uh, are now in front of the NHL and, and and the NHLPA as well. Of course, those two groups working in lockstep to come up with a protocol and a return to play plan that, you know, at this stage has been almost flawless. You know, the two bubble cities and getting uh, to this point of the playoffs and and with awarding a Stanley Cup now definitely on the horizon without any real significant problems uh, as it relates to the COVID-19 pandemic. Uh, A remarkable achievement, but I think what I took from Bill was when we start to look at what does the 2020-21 season look like, uh, it is a whole other set of challenges because you're not just talking about that sort of narrow window of, okay, you start with 24 teams, Two cities. How could you, how could you schedule it and work it so that you could award a Stanley Cup? But then now we're talking about 31 teams. The league would very much like to play a, a 2021 season with 82 games. Uh, it checks a lot of boxes on a number of different levels in terms of revenues, in terms of uh, the expiration of the national deal with NBC next season. Um, so there, that's still the goal, but <clears throat> there are so many variables now. When you start to talk about uh, the fact that you can, you know, the border between Canada and the U.S. remains closed. And I think a lot of people believe that border will be closed until the end of the calendar year. How do you work that in? How do you schedule those games? How can teams travel? Will they be able to travel? More importantly, I think in terms of revenue and in terms of actual uh, setting in stone, what might happen is when or if, fans will be allowed into NHL buildings. And what we're seeing with the NFL is that 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 question may be answered in different ways, in different cities, in different regions, uh, given the, the health um, requirements in in different parts of, of the United States geographically and certainly north of the border in Canada. So I guess the bottom line is that it, 
there's still so much uncertain about what lies ahead. The idea that training camps could start November 17th and a season starting December 1st, as was sort of penciled in early in the going, I think that Bill Daly was, was very honest about it. And I think a lot of people around the game also believe the same thing, that that is unlikely to happen and that we're just going to have to wait and see what, um, what the landscape looks like in a month or six weeks and then go from there. We know, Scott, that it's huge, huge for all these sports to have fans in their venues because it's a revenue uh, generator. But for hockey specifically, as compared to the other sports, it's massive because of the TV contracts. Can they um, move forward without fans in their venues? Because they got, what, 85 90% of their season in with fans in the stands. If they start and don't have fans in the stands, can they realistically move forward next season? Yeah, I, I don't think you can. I, I, I think I, I think the reality is well, and, and Bill Daly was was also very candid about this. I think this notion that you know, could you go back to a bubble system? Could you have four or let's call it six bubble sites set them up in the same way? You know the protocols now. You know what works. But could you do that and run an eighty-two game schedule? And I've talked to a couple of owners and and team presidents. I don't believe it's viable. And Bill Daly, I think, said basically the same thing. Certainly, as it relates to an 82-game schedule, you could not do it that way. Um, I think when you talk to owners, that the idea of having a, a full 82-game schedule without fans in the building is is a non-starter. It makes no sense economically. Uh, I'm not, you know, the the gives that you would have to ask from the players in terms of clawing back salary. Uh, I just don't see how it happens that way. And so I think. What people are looking at is, could you do things on a stopgap measure? Could you use a series of bubble cities for a short period of time until you felt you could get fans back in stadiums? And then the issue is going, you know, are you ever going to be, or at what point, you know, are you going to have 50% occupancy? I talked to someone who said if you followed social distancing, that that maybe you're looking at 2,500 or 3,000 people in an 18 or 19,000 seat arena to keep social distancing um, uh, measurements. So that's not, that doesn't make sense either, because I think you probably need probably 10,000 people in your buildings to be approaching a break-even point. So uh, again, so many questions about not just when fans can come back, but how many, how will fans pay money to come back and and see hockey games? Uh, Just a lot of things up in the air, and I think it really is too optimistic to suggest that we're going to see NHL regular season hockey back in early December. I think it's more likely we'll be back into, you know, looking at January of 2021 and then and, and going from there. National NHL writer for The Athletic, Scott Burnside, is with us here on 101 ESPN. And Scott, we want to ask you a little bit about the Blues, obviously. Do you think the Blues and Alex Petrangelo find a way to get that deal done and keep Petro here in St. Louis? Yeah, I mean, well, again, it's such a the, the whole landscape is is shot through with with uncertainty because we don't know what lies ahead. We do know the cap is gladdened to be from that eighty one point five million dollars for the foreseeable future. I, I think there are people who believe that it's going to take two to three years for the NHL to rebound from um, the the economic issues brought up COVID nineteen. So how does that relate to a guy like Alex Petrangelo who is hitting? the open market as an unrestricted free agent. Um, I think for all UFAs, especially elite players like Alex Petrangelo, Tori Krug in that group, probably Taylor Hall as well, maybe you're not going to see the kinds of deals that you might have seen for those kinds of players two or three years ago. But 
there still is going to be great demand for them. And I think the issue is, you know, where what does Alex Petrangelo want for himself, for his family, um, and and where does that fit for the Blues? I mean, we talk about home ca- hometown discounts. Um, I think it's obvious if he stays in St. Louis, it's probably going to be at a lesser dollar amount, um, and maybe you massage that with a longer term. Um, but certainly he would probably make more money by going to the open market. Um, but uh, I know my sense is he would love to stay in St. Louis. I know that he's beloved there. I talked to Darren uh, Pang on uh, our podcast earlier this pause. You know, you know, he talked about Alex Petrangelo as being one of those players who, who could see him you know, have a statue out in front of, uh, of the arena in downtown St. Louis. That's not a, a that's not an insignificant thing when you're talking about a, a legacy. So I think there is a way to do it. I guess for me, the other question is, with the unknown or the uncertainty surrounding Vladimir Tarasenko, we know he's going to have a third shoulder surgery. Um, does that impact what GM Doug Armstrong needs to do in terms of rebuilding this team back to a Stanley Cup contender? Um, does he need to focus on adding offense as opposed to focusing only on, well, he's not going to focus only, but instead of the focus being on Petrangelo, the defense is probably the team's absolute strong uh, suit right now. And you've already extended Justin Falk at the beginning of last season. So uh, I wonder if those are factors that will also play into, you know, as we get closer and closer to free agency, which should start, I believe now October 9th, um, a, a lot of balls in the air. Um, I, you know, my sense is that Alex Petrangelo would like to remain a blue. Um, it, it, there is some definite, um, you know, there is a lot of things to consider from both sides of this um, before it, it becomes a reality. The really other realistic options that he has in terms of teams that he could go to. Well, I tell you, there are a couple, and certainly the Toronto Maple Leafs, um, you know, it's a team that uh, has been connected to Alex Petrangelo and social media in various hypotheses uh, for quite some time now. We know that Kyle Dubas, the GM in Toronto, has already moved some cap space uh, by spend, uh, sending Kasperi Kappen into Pittsburgh for uh, first-round pick and some prospects. We know that Tyson Berry it will not be coming back, a right-handed shot defenseman who was supposed to fill a giant void on that side of the blue line for the Leafs. I'm not sure they have enough cap space for Alex Petrangelo, uh, but I think that's an obvious fit there. You know, the team that I heard a lot of discussion about, uh, and even around the time I was in St. Louis for All-Star last year, you know, what about Vegas, uh, a team that is a popular place for free agents to go to? It's well-built. It's uh, We know for sure they're uh, a perennial Stanley Cup contender. Now, they acquired Alex Martinez, who's a right-handed shot, has another year left on his deal. But I do, my sense is that was a potential landing spot, uh, at least in theory, for uh, Alex Petrangelo. I'm not sure if that's still the case, given all the other factors, but I would look at at Vegas possibly as a place that might be of interest to Alex or might be interested in Alex. National NHL writer for The Athletic, Scott Burnside. Be sure to check out all of his great work, work at The Athletic. He has a great piece up about NHL offseason priorities from all 31 teams and, of course, his two-man advantage podcast, as we mentioned. Scott, great stuff. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us today. Anytime. All right. Well, coming up next, there have been some changes coming to youth sports this fall here in St. Louis. Dan and I are going to talk about that with Jim Powers, who covers high school sports here in St. Louis for Fox 2. And we will break down everything we can expect with him coming up next here on 101 ESPN.